Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan. I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how are you doing today? Hello, Paul. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Fantastic. This podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they're related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Uh, Today's topic uh, is kind of an interesting one. I'm not sure how many financial programs actually tackle, but we're going to discuss family grocery shopping, right? Successful planning and execution of that weekly ritual, the shopping trip to the grocery store. So if you tuned into an exciting podcast, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, who who would have thought that we'd have a whole podcast dedicated to this? But I, I'm telling you, I've I have so many thoughts on this. Um, when I was putting together my notes for the podcast, it was amazing how much I do have in terms of. Uh, I'm going to. I'm looking at your notes here. I'm impressed. Yeah, I I, I, I I've thought about this for a long time, right? So I'll just kind of go into the background. Um, we start with the weekly menu. Uh, this started back when me and my wife uh, first uh, started living together in, in Queens, New York. Um, we would look at each other and say, oh, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? And this would go on for, you know, forever. And finally, I, um, I just sort of grabbed a pen and a paper. I said, I'm not going through this anymore. I can't. Uh, we're both working hard. Um, we're getting home late. We have to be organized when it comes to what we're going to eat. It, it can't be a chore every time we come home figuring out what we're going to do for dinner. So I started making a menu, and she would agree to it, and and we would uh, shop based on the menu. And we've kept that tradition uh, throughout uh, our relationship, right uh, right up until today, right? So Sundays is my shopping day, and I'll take my daughter shopping, and we have the shopping list um, that is put together against the weekly menu. I put together the menu uh, this morning. I share it with her. We get approval. She's good with it, uh, make any modifications if needful, and then we build a shopping list against it. Um, so that's that's the key. I do most of the shopping in my household, uh, but my wife is much better at it than I. Uh, she's more frugal and more strict with my daughter in terms of buying the extras. So for me, it comes down to uh, you know reviewing all the coupons for that store we go to, and we typically go to one store. I don't like to go to multiple stores for uh, shopping. And we build that list against the menu, and we keep that list, um, we keep a list for the week in a central location where all our coupons go. We have plenty of pencils and paper in there. And if we run out of milk, we write milk on the list. And if we run out of uh, paper towels, we write that on the list. Because the idea is we try to do one trip per week uh, to the grocery store. Uh, There's not enough time, and it's probably better financially just to make one trip if you can. Um, so we just want to make sure that we have all those pieces. Um, how about you, Jody? What's your situation when it comes to shopping? Yeah, I, we do something really similar. You know, it's the try to shop once a week because you're right when, when you've got a family and in our situation, you know, four people, two kids, um, shopping more than once a week is an impossibility. And that's even with my wife and I working fairly locally and not having more than a, you know, 15 minute commute in one direction for either of us. Um, so we do try to focus on that, on that once a week. Um, the way we go about it is that, well, for, first of all, I'm banned from grocery shopping because I'm just a bad grocery <laughs> shopper. I, I am Mr. Spontaneous when it comes to the grocery store. Um, I've gone out a couple of times, you know, and come back with nothing but ice cream and cheese that costs the entire grocery budget for the entire week. So, <laughs> So I just don't I don't do well in the grocery store. In fact, we were just there last night 
um, doing sort of half the grocery shop for the week just because we were out. We had time and we were sliding by to get some ice cream to have with, you know, at home last night. So we did a little bit of spontaneous grocery shopping. My wife's got that list in her head. Um, I walked around the entire grocery store with my hands in my pockets. <laughs> That's probably the best way, right? You, you and know, my, you're and my wife looks at me. See, she looks at me. She goes, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm not reaching for a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. You so, know your limitations, right? You know your. I know. Your you know what? I know my. I know my place. I know my place. Um, but um, but all, all kidding aside, you know, grocery shopping is. You know, we made light of it up at the top of the podcast, but grocery shopping is one of those larger budget items, or at least it can be one of those larger budget items in your weekly budget. Um, and so, you know, we think that it's really important to make sure that you are spending that money effectively. Going back to my, my core idea of being intentional with your money, if you're not intentional with your grocery budget every week, um, you are going to slide off the rails. You're going to end up ordering out a couple of times um, and ordering out for a family can be 50 to 75 to maybe even a hundred dollars, depending on what you're ordering and what you prefer to eat. Um, you gotta be really careful. I think with what you buy and, and how you budget and, and how you, how you purchase food. Um, you know, we have a family discussion on what to buy every week. You know, it's usually Saturday morning or Sunday morning, depending on when my wife wants to go out and, and do the, the shopping. She tries to get out early before all the crazies. Um, we always get the kids involved. We sit down. We have a little mini family meeting. Um, we ask them what they want to order for the week. You know, we walk through each day based on our schedule and based on, you know, what we feel like eating. You know, OK, Monday night is baseball practice, so we're going to have to rush. You know, we'll just we'll have hot dogs that night. Tuesday night, nobody's got anywhere to go. OK, Taco Tuesday night or whatever that is. Um, but the point being is that we we we've tried to create this habit of them speaking up and saying what they want to eat, because I don't know about you, Paul, but I don't have enough fingers to count the number of times that my kids have sat down, looked at what my wife has spent the last hour cooking and gone. Do we have any mac and cheese? Yeah, that that happens a lot in my house, and <laughs> and I agree with you. I fr I left out one important point, and that is mapping the sh mapping the menu to your life, right? Mapping it to the calendar. So uh, there are a couple of days a week that it's really impossible to do any real cooking in the house. So we have to improvise, and we also find that taking the kids out not only is a financial drain, but it's an energy drain, right? The last thing sometimes we want to do when we get home from work is put everyone in the car and go to a restaurant and deal with the squirmishness and waiting and service. It's just easier for us to to, to make that list and we know what we're gonna have and when we're gonna have it. Now we have some latitude within that week to move things around, but we, we generally stick to the plan if we can. Um, the other key thing is we, we maintain that list throughout the week. So like I said earlier, if you if we run out of something, we add it to the list. And the rule in the house is if, if it's not on the list, it won't get bought. So I'm not a mind reader. Just like I think you're, you just said your wife has the list in her head. Um, I tried that. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't oh, work she for writes my wife. it down. Don't get me wrong. It's just that there's you no, know, there no, things, no, you no, buy every, things you buy every week that you know we need milk. Yeah, no, understood. Understood. I think it's the little things that I'll overlook that we turn around and say, oh, we don't have that. Right. So for especially if you if you don't have an ingredient, you're right. That's a, that's the other thing that's key. Um, 
The other thing I do when we go to the shop on a shopping trip is look at the end caps and in the shopping center, in the shopping store. In the store, in the grocery store, thank you. In the grocery store, you have your end caps where you have your sale items and some of these other pieces. Um, I look for, for what's going on there and scan those as I'm walking by. Uh, one of the things we do in our house is we have this uh, concept. I'll call it, I'm not plugging them, but I have what I call the Costco shelf in the basement. So it's a six foot, six foot wide, uh, or maybe it's six or seven feet high, four foot, five foot wide by three foot deep shelving unit just dedicated to bulk storage so yep. toilet paper and uh, paper towels and canned goods and anything that's really non-perishable that has a longer shelf life because if i'm in the grocery store and i see and i've gotten the hang of it if i see ketchup for, on sale for and it's way cheaper uh, if you buy you know uh, you know if you buy two for one or if they're down on a real good sales price i'll buy four stick them on the shelf sure absolutely right? so that's one of the things that we like to do so we buy in bulk when appropriate we don't buy meats in bulk. I don't buy toilet. I don't buy meat in bulk or fresh fruit in bulk. I know families that use Costco a lot or any of the other, you know, so there's Costco, Sam's Club. There's a lot of these different clubhouses. And I just was never good at buying six pounds of grapes and 20 pounds of chopped meat because inevitably it would go bad on me. Whether you freeze it or you try to keep it fresh, it, inevitably I wind up throwing out more than I've eaten and the cost savings is not worth it. So for me... Um, I, I really don't go to Costco all that often. In fact, I use uh, my uncle's membership. I go with him when appropriate, and I'll load up on those things I talked about before. Um, but I rarely buy anything outside of my normal grocery store. I have my normal grocery habit. I look for the sales there because toilet paper and paper towels, what I've noticed in, in the big grocery stores, they do have good deals on them. You just have to know when to buy them. So it's like pulling the trigger when you know they're cheap. So if Paper towels, if you notice that they're $5 cheaper than, you know, for the, you know, at this week than it was for the past seven weeks, you buy them. Buy two, put them in the cart, put them on the shelf. That's my rule of thumb. Yeah, that, no, that's a great rule. We have a similar system in our house, too. Absolutely. And that whole idea is um, to, you know, to get into a regular rhythm with your grocery shopping and with your, and let's we'll call it grocery shopping. But you mentioned there's things that are in that list like paper towels and tissues and, you know, toilet paper and dish soap. And, you know, that's all part of grocery in our house. Um, it's not just food. Um, but but being you, you can't do that, you know, sort of impulse buying on, hey, look, good deal on toilet paper. Or, hey, good deal on something else that you can buy in bulk, stick on a shelf and, you know, dip into for the next three months um, if you don't have your budget down. Because if you um, don't know what you're spending on everything else, you're inevitably going to go over. And then even if you're over, you know, 20 bucks, people think, oh, 20 bucks, not a big deal. You do that six times in a row, you're over, you know, by more than $100. And now your budget might be in trouble. So you really need to make sure and going back to the top of what we said, you know, but, uh, the, the weekly grocery shop is a big ticket item, especially in a, in a family household. So make sure that you have a handle on what you're spending, um, what you're buying. Paul, to your point, don't buy things that you know you're either not going to eat or going to go bad um, or you buy too much of it. You can't eat it in time. Um, you know, buying a whole bunch of, like you said, grapes or meat because there's a great deal, but you throw out half of it. You know, picture throwing the money that you spent on that stuff 
directly in the garbage. I mean, I've, I've, I've sometimes done that in frustration with my kids, you know, when they, when they, when they don't eat, they pour a giant bowl of cereal and they eat three spoonfuls of it. Right. You know, I've, I've, I've gone to my daughter. I've said, look, that whole bowl of cereal costs $5 and I've held up a $5 bill. So see this $5 bill, bang. And I throw it in the garbage. She's like, what did you do? I'm like, that's what you just did with the cereal. Oh, that's very <laughs> you smart. Can't, you can't do that. Right. You'd never throw a five dollar bill in the garbage, but you're throwing five dollars with a cereal in the garbage. And I'm, you know, I'm stretching the truth there to make the point. Um, you know, does it work the first time? No. Did it work the first 20 times? No. But eventually you get to the point where they understand, you know, and, and we all have to understand throwing away groceries. And I'm not talking about the scraps on your table, but, you know, giant purchases of bulk, whatever it is, just because it was a good deal. If you're throwing half of it away, it's like throwing money in the garbage. You gotta, you gotta be intentional with your money. Yeah, that is very true. And I, I, one point to that. This goes back to what we've talked about in previous podcasts. You budget at the micro level. I budget at the macro level. And from a macro level, I, I sort of have this slush fund of of money that we keep in the budget that allows for those bulk purchases. So I, once again, I go back to it's part of the cost of doing business. I have to buy that toilet paper over the course of the year anyway. So if I can get a good deal on it when I see it, I grab it. And we keep enough float, and thank God, and, and I'm grateful and thankful that I'm able to have float in my checking account. Some of you out there might not have that float in the checking account, and you're, and you're watching it closer. Or, or, or Jody, like, to your point, you're doing it at the, at the micro level. Um, but for me, I like to find those deals, and when I get them, I get them. So one, another good example is pasta, dry pasta. Um, mm. it, it, one week it's two dollars and sixty nine cents for a box, or two dollars a box, and then the next week it's eighty eight cents on the on the end cap. I buy six, yep. put them in the basement, yeah, grab them as needful, right? Canned goods, canned tomatoes. Um, I'll I'll grab those cans when they're on sale. So I like to keep them in bulk. I'm guilty sometimes of not keeping track of the bulk shelving unit. And sometimes we, we are guilty of having to do some clean out. In fact, this past weekend, I had to clean out the fridge a bit um, between the fridge and the freezer. Once in a while, um, you have to take a look and just make sure that you're checking everything. And you hate to throw stuff away, but I did throw some stuff away this weekend, Jody, in, in the fridge. And it's just because it just needed to be cleaned out and, and, and get it done and then kind of start fresh because that's valuable real estate that some stuff is taking up in the fridge. Uh, but, well, uh, you know what? But that I mean, that happens. Realistically, that clean out, whatever you're talking about, that clean out happens. But can you imagine if you're cleaning out more than half of your fridge every other week because you've overbought? That, again, is like taking money and throwing it directly in the garbage. So to minimize the amount of cleanout that you do that you have to do i think it was really really important and that's why we get the kids involved and plan the menu and have them choose what they want to eat both to avoid that you know do we have any mac and cheese that i want to eat what you've made for me mom kind of thing um as well as just minimizing our our waste and our budget um you know a little bit of clean out is going to happen you want to minimize that as much as you can yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm going I'm to flip the uh, discussion around a little bit. Um, talking about the delivery services now, there's a whole plethora of delivery services. And, and I have a, some friends, and I'm sure you do, Jody, that will go and buy online. So they go to the various um, uh, shopping sites, and they'll order all their food and have it delivered. Um, I haven't gone that route. 
I don't know why I haven't gone that route. I just started dipping my toe into it with some non-perishables with a with a service that um, does a pretty fast shipping. Um, for yourself, how do you how do you look at those different providers? Do you leverage them at all? Well, we yeah, we've actually used them sort of. Uh, we don't use them currently, um, with the exception of I think we have a recurring coffee order from Target, um, but that's only because we drink way too much coffee. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've we've played with um, all those types of services. When we lived in uh, in New York City, um, we had groceries delivered probably for the better part of a year. Um, every Saturday we'd get a grocery delivery and it was incredibly convenient. Um, and we've done it here in the suburbs of New York city where we live, um, a couple of times. The, the one thing that really sort of put us off on those grocery delivery, um, was the amount of packaging they come in an, an enormous amount of, um, disposable packaging that just really kind of put us off, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and, you know, while we consider ourselves, um, you know, we're, we're not exactly tree huggers, but, you know, we recycle and we, you know, want to be as least wasteful as possible. And there's incredible amount of packaging in that stuff. Um, also, uh, and more importantly, um, we didn't think really that the perishable food items were all that fresh. Um, you know, we had problems with uh, and we, we still continue to have problems with vegetables and fruit. Um, and even meat sometimes. I mean, we've run into, and I don't know, Paul, if you've run into. I mean, my, my wife had a specific encounter in the in the grocery store, watching a store clerk, a teenage store clerk, redating meat and putting it back on the shelf. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, have... like, right, right. We could go down a whole rabbit yeah. hole with that type of a story, which we won't do right now. But the point being is that, getting back to your question those grocery delivery services we've used them we don't currently use them except for a couple of bulk things like you said i think we get a i know we get a coffee delivery i think we might occasionally get like a paper towel or toilet paper deliveries you know something like that but non-perishable stuff like you said you throw on the shelf in the basement and you use until they're gone and then you buy a new one have you noticed that the pricing is higher now i i i would think that to your point the the whole thing about the perishable no one's going to pick the produce and the meat out like you will when I go That's and I right. look, I look at the I look at the dates. I look at the the meat itself. I look at the produce, um, touching and feeling it. Um, so I'm always getting the, the what I consider the the pick of the litter, right? In terms of mm. the best I can. I could believe that if you're using one of those online services, they're throwing whatever's needful into the box and keep moving. But one thing, and I'm curious, and I wish I had done more research on, is it more expensive to use those services? So if I buy a gallon of milk at the store versus getting it delivered via one of these services am i paying an upcharge for that uh you know i haven't done personally done the shopping so i don't know but um knowing my wife she wouldn't overpay for something if it was if she wasn't getting it back um there's obviously i think there's some kind of delivery charge or something like that which you can understand mm -hmm. um i think where we came down on it if i remember our conversation correctly is that um there's no huge difference in the price so I might as well just go to the store and get the stuff myself because I need to pick the meat and the produce and the vegetables and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I have I have said to her, though, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of convenience in this world that we live in where, you know, somebody once humped a 50 bag pound of a 50 pound bag of fertilizer to my front door instead of me having to go out to the store to buy it. I'm a big fan of the convenience of these, you know, whether it's Amazon or anybody else 
st- sending stuff to your door, but not for food for me. Yep. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, for me, the other psychological piece around it is I, I try not to go to the, sh- the, the grocery store hungry. You will buy more. So I oh, always yeah. try to go on a, on a full stomach. So I know that's, I don't know if that's and you'll buy the things well. you don't need. Like that, I go back to my meat, my my ice cream and cheese analogy. Right. You know, I, just, <laughs> I go to the grocery store, come hungry. I'm coming home with five gallons of ice cream and and ten pounds of cheese. <laughs> no, it is it is amazing. I mean, for, and a bag of chips. That's and a right. Bag of chips. That's right. I mean, for me, it comes down to I'm I'm mindful of the bargains, like we talked about before, and kind of know your pricing. If you go a lot, you'll get to know your pricing. We try to avoid those. Uh, multiple trips throughout the week. So we, that's why we maintain that house list and keep it updated throughout the week. There's always sometimes you have to go, but for the most part, we get away with only going once a week. Um, the other thing is bringing kids to the store. So when I bring my daughter with me, it could get out of control. I try to limit it to, I'll call one treat, one one thing that she gets that um, is part of the shopping trip. How do you deal with bringing the kids into the grocery store, grabbing every cereal, every bag of candy, everything in sight? Uh, for me, I, I try to limit it. Um, and if it's something needful that she needs, um, or if it's for school, um, within reason, uh, we'll, we'll load up extras into the cart. But I'm probably, my wife's better at keeping her at bay on that. Um, my 15-year-old could care less about shopping anymore, right? He just he just wakes up, goes to the fridge, and he knows it's in there, right? My daughter still likes to go food shopping. Um, she loves to, um, you know, work with me, and, and, and she's very helpful when she goes to the store. And we're at the point now where there's certain cashiers and stuff that know us, and they know her, and it's just kind of a really cool thing we do on Sundays. In fact, if we miss a week, we'll get told when we show up, uh, where were you guys last week, right? Like, we're gotten to that point at the grocery store. You but- got to rep. That's exactly, exactly. But how do you guys deal with the kids, right? How do you? Yeah, more, yeah, more of a question for my wife because she's the one who goes grocery shopping. My my daughter does go with her, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I know that my wife uses that as both bonding time, like you said, as well as teaching her how to shop in a store. And I can see um, over the course of the last couple of years of of her going out. You know, she's seven years old, right? So all she wants to do is go with mom. Um, but I can see how my wife has has used that time to teach her how to make purchases, what things to buy. And whether it's, whether it's teaching or conditioning or a little bit of both, um, you know, how to make smart purchases at the grocery store, there's less and less, you know, for kids stuff, fun stuff, waste stuff that comes home, um, over the last couple of years. Um, I know that we share, my wife and I share a philosophy of, uh, sort of that, you know, one fun item per trip kind of thing to the grocery store, whether it's that box of cereal that you wanted or it's that fun bag of chips that you wanted or whatever. Um, that's, you know, uh, sort of a way to placate the monster, if you will, a little bit. And you've got to do some of that. You can't say no to everything. Um, I also think saying no to everything is not so much fun. And their kids, let them have a little bit of fun, you know, and a two bag of two dollar bag of chips or whatever is not going to kill you. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And and I'm going to flip the topic around a little bit more. Uh, coupons and circulars and going to the store and the and the and the, sco- and the store's um, card where you you know get your automatic coupons and cost savings. I'm a big believer in that. Um, in fact, the grocery store we go to, they donate money to our school system uh, based on what you buy, you know, and what you track through that card. Um, so they encourage the families to make sure that they're using their card when they go to that particular grocery store chain, um, and, it, and it gives the um, 
some kickback or some some funding to the schools. Um, I'm a big believer in going through the coupons, going through the circulars, uh, usually online, uh, looking for those discounts. Um, I don't always have a chance to do it, but I notice when I do do it thoroughly, I do save a lot more money than I typically do when I don't do it. How do you guys handle coupon clipping and now virtually now it's virtual coupon clipping now, right? Although there's some yeah. paper still involved. Yeah, again, that that's my wife's domain, not mine, so I can't really uh, talk um, um, with a lot of information on that. I, I will say this though, that goes back to being intentional. Um, you know, you would talk about there's no more intentional behavior, Paul, than what you do: sit down and either clip coupons or just just being aware of what the prices are. Um, what specials there are, what sales are on, what electronic coupons are involved, um, you know, going to maximize your purchasing ability when you do go out to buy um, what you can buy. Because here's the other game that you can play with your grocery budget. You know, there are some weeks where you need more and there are some weeks that you need less. On those weeks that you need less, it's great to get by with a little bit of less because that's more money that stays in your pocket, that stays in your budget. That can either go into savings or just float through in the checking account and buffer up your balance in your checking account. Um, you know, you don't have to go out and do a full-blown grocery shop every single week um, and, and fill up that refrigerator with things that are either going to go bad or sit in there so long they have to get thrown out. Um, being intentional and being effective with the way you make those purchases every week can also um, – be, be really helpful in your weekly budget. Um, the other thing I just wanted to touch on too was that you mentioned it before eating out, you know, we do factor one night eating out into our budget. Um, even if it's that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to the local hamburger chain or whatever, you know, to get the kids what they want to eat. Um, it started with, you know, Friday night and okay, mom's been cooking all week. Um, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, Friday night, let's give her the night off and let's go eat out. But we have budgeted that in as well into our grocery budget. Yeah, same here. I do the same thing. And it sounds like uh, for you guys, and I think you touched upon it, um, and this is an obvious one, uh, you pay cash when you go grocery shopping. For me, this goes back to what we've talked about in the past. I do have a joint credit card that me and my wife share. The grocery items do go on the joint credit card, but admittedly, it's not like paying cash, and I think it's more painful if you walk up to the register and you lay out two $100 bills or three $50 bills or two $50 bills, whatever that shopping trip costs you, I think it's much more painful to pull money out of your wallet than to swipe that credit card. And I know we've talked about this in the past, and I'm guilty of using the joint credit card, and I bet you if I were to really look closely and I paid for my shopping trips in cash, they'd probably be, a lot, they'd probably be less by at least... 10 20 percent and i know your outlook on it but it's worth repeating uh how do you handle paying for those groceries on a weekly basis jody we pay for everything in our household with cash there's not a thing that we buy that we don't uh use cash on um it's all budgeted down to the penny um and and we make sure that we're not using credit for anything um we only i've said this in the past we only use credits credit for you know like a large purchase um you know, like a couch or a TV or whatever, and we'll we'll buy it on the credit card just so there's not that transaction going back and forth that's uh, messing up the cash flow in the checking account. We'll buy it on the credit card. We'll pay it directly out of the uh, the savings account that we've put aside um, uh, to pay for it. It's all cash in our house, all cash all the time. Yep, that makes sense because you don't want to fall into that trap 
where you're using your credit card for groceries and you've paid now, you know, uh, you bought a $2 something or other at the store. Now it costs you $4 with the interest charges over time, right? So people really do need to be mindful and careful on how they use credit cards, right? So for me, I know we're diverting off topic a little bit, but it's an important point. Um, I use my credit card just as I would if I'm paying cash because I don't carry a balance. And at the end of every month, that credit card gets paid no matter what. Um, so we haven't carried a balance since college. I haven't, I have not. And that's many, many years ago. Jody and I could attest that's to impressive. that. Yeah, that's I don't impressive. carry any balance at all. Learned my lesson the hard way. I treat it like cash, but there is that psychological effect that if I were paying cash with physical money, I think I would, I would save more money. But there's also another th- topic I wanted to touch upon real quick, and that's around what not to buy in the grocery store. Or if you need to buy it there, you're buying it strictly because of convenience. And I, the example I use um, that came to my mind was, was uh, printer paper. If you go and, and order it online or you go to Staples or, or one of these chains, you'll probably get 500 sheets of paper for you know 6 or $7 on sale. Um, at the grocery store, that might be an upcharge of $2 on top of that. So you pay sort of this convenience tax of buying copy paper or printer paper at the grocery store. Uh, my view on it is that there are some items that I know I'm paying more for at the grocery store. But I'm doing it so infrequently that it's not worth me getting in the car, going to another store, waiting on another line to pick up that one ream of paper. I'd rather buy it in one spot. But you do have to be mindful that there are certain things that you buy at the grocery store and certain things you probably wouldn't buy. Like you wouldn't want to buy tools and screws and and automotive supplies at the grocery store. It's typically a little small section and uh, the prices are probably somewhat inflated on those items. What's your view on that, Jody? I, yeah, you, we're all human, right? I mean, if you're walking through the grocery store and you know you need a light bulb, okay, fine. You grab a light bulb, but you wouldn't buy six. Yes. Right? That's that, kind of where we're at. And I have this I have this phrase in our house where say, like, it's $3. It's not going to kill us. Well, but, okay, yes, but $3 times 80 is. Absolutely. <laughs> so you just gotta, you just got to be smart about it. And it goes back to being intentional, uh, knowing what you're spending, Um and, and the way we have our budget broken out, maybe this is another good way of, of explaining it. You know, we have our budget broken out on certain lines um, by the store that we're purchasing in. So we'll have the name of the groceries. The, the grocery budget is also the name of the store that we're shopping in. So we know and we know and we budget, you know, that amount of money every week to spend in that store. When that budget line goes over that number, we know we've done something wrong. Um, so while there's, you know, a mortgage budget line or there's a gas budget line or there's a utility company budget line, there's also the grocery store budget line. And there might be three different grocery stores and we'll budget a certain amount of money for each to spend in each store. Cause we know we spend approximately that much in each store each week. Um, and, and so that's another way that maybe you can tackle if you're really getting down to a micro level with your budget, the way I do, and I'm not saying it's the right way. It's just the way I do it. You can break your budget out that way, and then you won't fall into the trap, Paul, that you're talking about where you're grabbing you know, something out of convenience when you go into that store, or you will see if you're, if you're grabbing things out of convenience too frequently in each of those stores. It's, just, it's a way to play with your budget and maybe figure out if you've got 
if you've got something you can't figure out, maybe you can arrange it that way and, and see where the problem is. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I go typically to one store, and I have to ask, you go to multiple stores, is that because different stores have different, better items than the other yeah, stores? We've, we've been shopping. My wife has been shopping in two different grocery stores, one for um, one because the produce is better, the fresh stuff is better in the one store, and she goes to the other store for the more bulk stuff. Um, uh, the, you know, the, the, the dry pasta and all that, you know, kind of, kind of jazz. Um, so she has been making two trips. I will say that that second store she's going to for the fresh stuff recently has not been very fresh. And we're actually pivoting away from that store and we're, we're trying other options to find that fresh food. And that's an underlying, you know, note here in our, in our conversation. And I said, we could go down a rabbit hole on this, but you've also got to make sure that you're buying good food. You know, don't spend your good money for crap food. Mm. Um, good you know, point. You, it's it's real. I mean, I I again, rabbit hole warning here. But I think we have a serious problem in our country with the food chain, and I think there's a lot of issues going on. We the 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 fresh food doesn't look as fresh, at least to my eyes, recently. That is interesting. I guess we could probably have a part two to this podcast where we talk about organics versus non-organics. There's a lot of different things we can do to talk about. But I think we've covered a lot here, which is surprising to me because I didn't think we'd have this much to talk about. And this is one of our longer podcasts. So we're just talking about grocery shopping, which is amazing to me. So um, kind of the summary recap, I think my two main points, or I'll, I'll kind of shout them out, is have a list, make a menu. That's probably one of my biggest recommendations for all of you out there. If you're tired of staring at each other and talking to the kids and fighting over what you're going to eat for dinner tonight, make the menu shop against that list and don't go to the grocery store hungry. Um, how about yourself, Jody? What are your takeaways for, for this week? Yeah, I think the main takeaway in addition to yours, Paul, is just, you know, make your budget, stick to your budget. Nothing will drill a hole in your plans faster than going over budget on something. And groceries is probably the easiest thing to go over budget on and go over budget on frequently because you're shopping every week. Um, and so those little over budget things will add up and add up fast. So make a budget, stick to your budget, uh, be mindful and be intentional with your money. Cool. Cool. Well said. Well said. Uh, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you. Thank you.